Hello, friends. This is Stacking Pennies, Magic Mile Edition. Christopher rings the bell this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk to him here in a little bit. We're going to dig into some pit road boats and woes. Had some woes in the modified race of mine this weekend. We're going to dig into that. As well as we have some breaking news, as I'm sure you guys have seen. We are going street course racing in Chicago next year. I'm excited to break that down and tell you guys what to expect. And then we have a little spare change, some silly season rumors, and I got some good stuff for you guys. So you do not want to miss that. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. Man. We go from the penthouse to the outhouse this week, Chuck. We're slapping hands, kissing each other in the, on the cheeks, praying for a good showing after our Atlanta. Uh, near win, we come back, and uh, would have had a short day, unfortunately. New Hampshire, I'm interested to hear you guys, your guys' opinion on it because I thought the shift in added element actually uh, that was kind of interesting made it way more of a handful in the car. Uh, but I had a bit of a transaxle uh, issue that when I was racing on a restart, the fourth to third downshift, uh, it kind of got stuck in between gears and locked the rear tires up. And it happened once before in the race. It actually happened to Bubba as well once, but it just it there's really not a whole lot of like inclination or or a, a heads up when it happens. It gets stuck and the rears kind of lock up and they don't go as fast as the car's going. Uh, and unfortunately, I did not have enough space to catch it and or spin out, uh, so I bounce off the side of the 21 car, bounce back into traffic, got hit and stuffed back in the fence. So that is racing in a nutshell. So is that a seven days? Is that a mileage thing on the parts or they were speculating no, a ton on broadcast. Like, no. is it a shift linkage set up the wrong way? What I really it? think it is a very, I don't like, I think generally speaking, the X-Track in this transaxle is a pretty good, pretty good piece of equipment. Cause we haven't seen very many failures at all. Uh, we saw a couple this weekend just because I feel, feel like loud and presented its own issues with, I think it's a very tight window or a very small scenario of decel load when you're on the bank or you're on the brake dragging the, the weight down, you push it to fourth. And then if you roll on the bottom, you're, you're under load, under brake, and then you're trying to push it to third. And if I don't know if it's the combination of not blipping it, uh, the RPM's enough to where it really falls in how it wants to, uh, there's a really fine line. And you could be under it and never notice it, or you can be over it. If you over blip it, it'll definitely go into gear. But if if you, it's the perfect combination of decel load and not enough blip, I think it can get hung in between two gears, and that in which case breaks traction, and then you're kind of along for the ride. So you so, have to heel toe that every time you go into. No, no your left foot breaking. Okay. Just blipping the throttle with okay. your right foot. Uh, oh, that's right, because you have to stay off the clutch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you just you you bump the throttle on the D cells right. for, you know, it's like 20% just bam, bam, to rev match. And I, I don't know if it's over blipping or under blipping, but uh, looking back at all the SMT stuff from the race, I didn't do anything different than I had been doing all day. It just, unfortunately uh, it bit us there and unfortunately took us um, out of the race, which could potentially have been a good day. We qualified 21st, which, uh, which was hopeful because our short track stuff has been atrocious. So we found some gains there and drivability. Hopefully we can figure out and continue to work in that direction, going to some of the short tracks the second time around. 
but uh, somebody who did not have a tough time this weekend with the handle of that uh, hot rod was Christopher Ding. It looked like Chase had it. He was the dang class of the field again, man. That nine car was so fast. Could drive through the field. Oh, I didn't even introduce y'all today. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I'm just digging right into <laughs> it. Going. Hey, it's good content, though. Yeah. So, you know. I don't even want to get too far in the race because you, sir, had a weekend of your own, Chuck. Hang on. Well, I'm also joined with you. Weekend, but. No, I started with my weekend, and I'm, I, I'm done talking about it. Joined by Mr. Chuck Bush, Battlefield veteran. Last but not least is – Fake war tale. Uh, Jonathan Merriman and also Pit Road Boats from Los Angeles, Ryan Flores, who was my tire change, actually tire no. carrier on my modified, and it was his fault that I lost the modified race. That's the part of the weekend that I was going to ask you about. Yeah, it was his 100% his fault. I'll break that down when we get there. <laughs> Plenty of stuff to break down. It was it was a joke, but super fun nonetheless. But you also had some fun for yourself, Chuck. I did. What'd you I do? Did. I did a little. I saw a picture World of War you II reenacting. Yeah, holding a Japanese flag. Yeah, that was seized in battle. We were recreating the. Uh, uh, Lima Company of the 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines, uh, Guadalcanal anniversary uh, is 80 years ago this year, 42. So we were doing a big old thing. One of the coolest. I've been reenacting now for 20 years. Do you have one of those machines that has like Morse code that they send Morse code out to, to see like if you're listening and then like meet up at this place? No, no, no. We use the internet and modern technology. To like Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Facebook. Well, that's not very authentic. Well, <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it <laughs> yeah. Morse code. Well, we, we do the, all Why the authentic stuff chuck? in the field. In the field. And now, do you every, fight anybody? Uh, yeah, there was a Japanese contingent that was there. That, were they uh, Japanese? Some of them were, yes. Okay. Um, and they were spot on. Well, they there were a couple of guys that had some issues because of travel and all that, but they uh, were damn good. And I woke up at 3 a.m. to the sound of somebody screaming in Japanese and then rifles going off everywhere, like out of a dead sleep. And there were combat veterans that were there with us that were like, you know, this was one of the more intense experiences that I've had. <laughs> Jesus. Um, they put mealworms in the rice. We had to dig what? trenches. We ate cat food, maybe. I don't know. You take vacation to do this? I did. I don't, <laughs> I'm some kind of like masochist or something. I don't know what it Hang is. Hang on. I took vacation. Had, do you, you had to dig mealworms had, yeah. out of my rice. Is, you literally have to dig them out? I dug them out. Some people ate them. And they were fine with it. They, we ca there were some captured Japanese rations that we ate. Uh, there was some fish in soy sauce, like fish heads in soy sauce. Not terrible. There was also some sort of like potted meat that smelled like cat. Like it, there were, we couldn't tell what it was. The it Dude, was I'd have guess. a back pocket full of yeah. Slim Jims. And uh, Bill Bars. <laughs> like, we, we not got bring a Bill Bar? Huh? Like, I feel like that's being fairly off. I was trying to do it right. Ate some Spam. It was some of the best tasting Spam I've ever had. Where well, was when you, this? When you get done eating a, a fish head. The fish was stuff. actually pretty good. Like, no lie, the fish was some of the better stuff. What well, kind of what kind of yeah. fish was it? I, was it a monkfish? It was not monkfish. I'm not entirely sure what type of fish it was. Well, it's not that it was good. It was just better than all than uh, <laughs> yes, right. cat. The it's dog it's and, better than this pile of dog when you're hungry, anything And Lieutenant Bill's urine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maggot rice yeah. doesn't sound great either. We did make a nice little uh, cocktail. I had a little bit of whiskey in a flask, and we put some coffee, chocolate, somebody's phone fell, yep. uh, and some little – they gave us some candies and a little sea ration thing. We mixed that all together with a bunch of sugar and made some uh, good hooch. Oh. Yeah. It's tasty. Did you guys win? We did. We did. Guadalcanal was the first victory for the United States in World War II following Pearl Harbor. Where was it? It was in Lucasville, Ohio. 
You drove to Ohio for I this? did. I did. To eat maggot-roni and dog shit. To simulate the <laughs> South Pacific. Sometimes I feel dumb going and racing midgets in the Northeast around hockey rinks. But then you I hear Chuck like, driving to Ohio. I, I just get to eat regular food. I'll there. tell you what. <laughs> it, it, like, I haven't seen anything on this scale that was that authentic in 20 years of doing so. How many people, cool. Chuck? There were probably like 60-some-odd Marines. There were supposed to be... 20 or 30 Japanese, but because of travel stuff and flight costs, that dropped to about 5 to 10. Um, well, no wonder you won. Right. You well, outnumbered them. <laughs> historically, 10 to 1. Historically, they won. But they were they were kicking out. The, the, the it's like Corey goes to the racetrack. Oh, shit. Cowboys couldn't get here. So, kicking yeah. our ass. Like, they were just popping up out of nowhere. It's like, where the f did they come from? Did they dig tunnels? No. They, we think there was somebody shuttling them around on, like, a Jeep or something. Just like a Segway? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They like, cheated. Oh. Uh, have you they because they used to do reenactments on the infield before the Coke 600. Yeah. If that were to come back, Chuck. Yeah. Would how happy would it make you to participate? He'd be a general. Yeah. No, no. I'm, so I'm, your two worlds would collide. I'm good with uh, not being a general for that stuff. There's a lot you got to do with that. I've, I've really? done the officer stuff for some of the other eras. I like doing private. You realize stuff. this is for ten, right? I know. Yeah. Really yeah. Have to do anything. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, like I said, stop. <laughs> fake war. Fake war is hell. But Jeez. anyway, speaking of not hell, your modified race. I want to hear about this. Was, oh, it was going it was pretty good. Bloody so, hell. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? It was good for him. <laughs> so this modified deal comes together, and I've always been wanting to race a modified at, at New Hampshire because <clears throat> even watching the race, that usually is the best race of the weekend. The way the modifieds draft, they have, them, uh, tape, they have a tapered spacer on them, so they have about 600 horsepower. They choke them down like four, 540. And it's just like the perfect combination of draft, mechanical grip. So I always wanted to do it. Rob Fuller and Michael Davini uh, had a car. They called me up. We're going to do it. A little bit of a late notice deal. And we only had maybe one 916s wrench and a screwdriver to work on that thing all weekend. But luckily, it was pretty fast out of the truck. Um, we were, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there. Qualified eighth. And I asked my dear friend here, the pit road expert. To dial me in for the no, pit stop show. That's wrong. You just asked me to carry tires. Or hey, can that you is do the actually pit how stop? it went. That is actually how it went. So, like you would think, I thought there was a hot dog break. Still, I thought you there said, was like a caution. Like you get a couple minutes, you can mess around, change four tires, and then you get to keep your track position. Apparently not. No, they're live pit stops. So, we were not a professional pit crew, obviously. So, long story short, that wasn't even the problem. What was the problem? That we had. We had pit guns from Mickey's Roadster Racers. It looks like they they it was like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It looked guns. like they stormed Levi's toy closet and took out like the little screwdriver the with, it, with the AAA battery in it. We should put a picture connected to this. This I've never seen anything like it. I was like, what is that? Is it was bizarre. Get the off? But then even at that, we still had a good right rear. Like we were fine, but. The, the, every the socket time kept popping Doug off. Doug on the front hit the lug nut. The socket would fall off. So you have to put it back on, then hit the next lug and it'd fall off. Put it back on. All 20 The times. best part about it is, um, so I get there, and you said you had guys you just needed a carrier and a changer. So yep. our buddy Danny changed, and I carried because I'm not sticking my hand in there a day before a cup race. And uh, our, a, a buddy I know, Tim Lento, was jacking for you. And he's like, I'm just going to run around the back of the car. And I'm like, don't be a sissy. Run out in front of the car. Dude, he got and cleaned he's like, out. He's like, I'm just gonna, yeah, he's, like, he's like, I'm just going to run in the back of the car. I'm like, no, man. 
jump out in front of this thing. We got it. We're going to win this race. So he jumps out in front of it in the car. That's Hang on, in we, the come pit in, we come in fourth. Yeah, we come in We're fourth. Coming. The guy that's in the pit stall in front of us is a lap down. He's not supposed to pit. Well, he's. I look up, and Lento is <laughs> under his Nerf bar. Yes. The jack is stuck inside the left rear tire, and the jack handle stuck in. I'm like, it's, it was a the situation. jack handle was stuck in our car, so he was like stuck under this car. Oh, it was a situation. I'm like, is he dead? Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I was just like, I was sitting there. I was like, that guy, all right. <laughs> like, literally, I was so like, he just Damn. Gets up. And then the best was when they finished the right side. He didn't even pick the jack up. He just like Junior Johnsoned it around the back of the car. <laughs> around the back of the yeah. car, just whipped it. Did he hit an official? I think he was just over it. He was over it. So he changed four tires. We come out like 14th with like 11 to go. And just didn't have enough time. Did to he get change back. the guy's well, oil that he was under the car? Truly and honestly, you were in good. You were in good spot. But the kid who ended up winning the race, Anthony Osella, took you to the cleaners. Yeah, just wiped me right which out. Which is what happens in that race. So yeah, it did just, the old modified. You were just the first one to get it, and yep. then the gouging started after you got gouged. Well, like I said. I, I talked to a couple of those guys in the modified garage and they listened to the podcast, Doug Kobe and, and Bonsignor. And they liked when I said there's 36 Ross Chastain's in a modified race. <laughs> I got Ross Chastain, uh, by Anthony Asella. Um, I, if I'd have got back to him, he'd have been shipped. Uh, but I did not get the chance to get back to him. Unfortunately, finished ninth. Are you going to try and do it again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it I, sounds like it I was feel, fun. Yeah, no, it was. And we were like, we passed, every car about twice uh i thought we had a top three car no problem and you know ryan <laughs> me <laughs> well it was good you weren't leading coming to the line because they all wrecked oh they wrecked them they wrecked them big there but yeah i thought our car was pretty good it was a lot of fun um, how do i get fired on my day off that was my day off <laughs> i know i'm like chuck out there in the trenches i take vacation for the millworms out there <laughs> in pit road <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so that was fun i wish we could have got a dub there because i think we had a car that could do it but we did not we did not unfortunately so then we go to sunday and then we we had a long green run to finish that thing here i got a, i got a, a ice cold jonathan merriman take oh i'll be the i appreciate a long green run yeah occasionally a little bit of tire conservation you know where i like it best pocono and when that's where we're going this weekend, yeah. pal. Little fuel strategies. You'll some guy. You'll see some guys flip the stage brakes, pit a little yeah. bit before if the delta's far enough. I, I agree with you. Yeah. New Hampshire was good too. Though. You got to sprinkle those in. You got to sprinkle in some strategies, some tire management. Why was Chase Elliott so mad at himself? Did he not? That's just how he always the, is. But did he burn the right front off it? What was the deal? He. So I was looking at a lap time tracker, comparing the nine and the twenties, and Chase was about a tenth and a half better than the twenty for the first eight laps for the run, and I think that was a difference. Okay. Um, and you uh, apparently you had to be super, super soft on the right rear because it was blazing them off. And then you were just literally counter-steering the entire way. It was not fun. But Christopher Bell is a savant at Loudon. Did you see his stats there? Three straight wins in the Xfinity Series. Yeah. Undefeated in the Xfinity Series. I believe it's, I believe it's uh, something like seven straight top two finishes in every car he's driven there. Wow. Like Xfinity cars and cup cars. Uh, so my man Christopher Bell knows how to get the job done and got the job done this weekend for a second career win. First one, Daytona Road Course. This one, Loudon. Kind of the kind of the quiet guy in camp over there he gives. Well, look, putting the squeeze on his teammate Truex. Yeah. Who's, his in-car radio was not very good. At, when they pitted, took tires and got took two tires, got back in traffic. I mean, Truex went from hero to zero quick once he got in dirty air. When you have the best car like that, I don't – no, it's easy to Tuesday morning podcast this thing, crew chief it. But, like, why don't you put four on? 
the class of the field. Uh, I mean, it, it was one of those, like, I was listening to it on the way back from Ohio and hearing the fact that Truex and Harvick were up there battling for it. But was, Truex was in a different zip Yeah, code. oh, I know. Zip I know it was. And, like, he's out there. And but you had these old guys that have been, you know, kind of struggling. It was like, is this the day? This is going to be it. Where, you know, they get not old guys because they're not old, old. But you know what I mean. They're older. Older. They're old. Yeah. Veteran, veterans. Well, uh, veterans MTJ, Curtis, uh, and and Harvick were looking pretty good for a while. Yeah. Track position is so important. Can we always talk about, like, this big, you know, narrative about, oh, you can't pass and all, you know, dirty air. Yes. With the next-gen car, when everybody has the same parts and pieces, the cars are relatively way closer on speed than they ever were. So if you're behind somebody that's almost the same speed as you, maybe a slight bit slower, the deficit of dirty air overcomes the amount of speed that you're better than that person. So you're not going to be able to pass them. But at New Hampshire, like, I guess we're in modified territory and when Chase was going through the field, how he got around those guys, he made contact. He didn't. I didn't feel like he didn't overstate the contact. He made contact with Kurt. He made contact with Joey to get around them, and and he and he set sail. But like, New Hampshire is a perfect place to do that because you're not going so fast. You're not like it's not Atlanta. You're not you dumping somebody. somebody. Yeah, you're you not take dumping their lane away when you get underneath somebody, or yeah. else they can hang on your quarter and then yeah. you're wasting laps. But yeah. I mean, exactly what you said is why they took two tires because. In years past, you couldn't pass. Yeah. Even if the guy had two tires in front of you, you had four, you still couldn't get by him. So that might be why in years past. But these cars are racier, and the tire fall off seem to be, you know, the tire conservation and management of your run. Do those water tires make it harder to pass? You're. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yes, I guess without a long-winded answer, uh, to a not a very not a very wise question, but like, I think the the rate at which they heat up is a bit different than what the narrower tires were. Also, the amount of air they build is different than it was because there's less air in the tire. Well, in the compound, you know, the compound in the car is different. So it, the way that it's working the tires or where it's wearing it out or, you know, the, the grip level that it has it th- through the course of a run if you do different stuff. And that's the fun part when you go to these racetracks. I mean, you look back at Gateway, which is a very comparable track, and that race was one on two tires. Joey, Joey and, and uh, Kyle were up front battling for the win on two tires. Blaney was on four, hmm. finished third. So, But the variables make it interesting. I had I had a great deal of enjoyment out of watching practice that was split up into two sessions and then qualifying and how basically a clean racetrack changed from session one to session two to how it evolved through the two rounds of qualifying. Like it was just – yeah. Dude, you couldn't clouds. nail it at home if you yeah. if you were a diehard NASCAR fan, somebody that used to watch all practice and qualifying on Speed Channel back in the day, and you watched that. Like I had flashbacks of like my golden years as a NASCAR fan watching that. It was cool. Yeah, I mean you're looking for every bit of you know a tenth a tenth of a second is the difference between qualifying 14th or 23rd. Uh, so there's a big difference. And also, if you qualify 23rd, you're not driving back to 14th. Yeah. And they, they tripped me out, too, in uh, qualifying. They, they were going through the running order, and I misheard Rick Allen say, he said row 11, Corey LaJoy. I thought he said, like, in starting 11th, Corey LaJoy. I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, let me look at this. Put out a, put out a fly. I was like, dang, they're really riding that momentum. But then I quickly uh, No, was- not so much. But also, you know, Getting sidetracked a little bit, 
how important qualifying well is. Like, look at the 48, right? Qualifies bad. He gets caught up in that lap four incident. Yeah. Um, you know, bracing around guys that You think you're mistakes. on a tough stretch. Yeah. Oof. I mean, the 48's on a tough one, too. Um, so You started that whole thing. I did. Here's uh, what's interesting to me is, so we've got our 14th winner of the year, right? And Truex and Blaney, there's 37 points separating them. They're third and fourth in points. So we've got a lot of wild card. I mean, every track that we come to, I, I, I think that any track right now that we go to the first time with this new car is a wild card. But just like we saw this weekend. But yeah, does the if we get to 15 winners, then there's a points race between Truex and Blaney that are only 30 points apart. It ain't gonna be a points race. And Truex, Truex swept both stages. You better I mean, have a be. you better have a notch in the win column if you want to be racing for a championship. Well, I think too. Six weeks. One of the one of the detriments to Blaney is is Chase has been on a heater for the past five races, and before that, that points race for the regular season championship would, which I believe would ensure you a berth in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like. I mean, for a while, it's looking like that was Blaney's best shot, and that's kind of faded away. Yeah. Blaine, uh, Chase is on a heater right now. What's he? First, second, second, say, first. Yeah, it's it's so, crazy. Yeah. I mean, definitely back at, towards the top of the power rankings. And uh, had a shot to win. Has had a shot to win, I think, every single one of the last four or five races. Yeah. A lot of them. No doubt. What ha- what happened between Keselowski and Austin Dill? I don't know. So, if you go back and listen, MRN played it this morning. Yeah. Brad went back and broke it down. I think they were racing back in the pack, and I think Brad said he might have doored him a little bit, didn't leave a tire mark on it. I think yeah. it was just like body panel to body panel. Yeah. And apparently AD just had enough, and what? Brad snapped even worse. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, AD goes up and just like, hey, man, that sucked. And then Brad's like, yeah. <laughs> like, Which, yo, couch, Charlie hey, Murphy. Yeah. I'm like, Brad Kozlowski's like had a Tony Stewart moment there, and I yeah. absolutely loved well, every minute of dude. it. And he ended up with the worst. He, uh, he was worse for wear out of it, I mean, even though. Remember that Brad threw the haymaker on him coming to a stage break at, at Michigan. Michigan. But, I got to watch it on TV because I didn't have to go to that race. Wrecked him. But, Damn um, near killed him. But they, like, that is still a thing. Like, Richard Childers will walk up to our box and be like, we all we owe y'all one. To, to Bowen, so you're like, okay, so they hadn't forgotten about it, so maybe that's where some of the frustration was. They've also had a not a great week at RCR. The best thing I saw, and it never it never ends, like in racing. I don't know if they just showed it after TV, but when they parked on pit road, they were next to each other. After that's how it always race. works. I'm like, are they gonna fight? And I don't think they said anything. That's how it works. Brad dumping water down his front in post race interview. Like, I'm, that was hey, hot. Dude, it was hot, hot and you were working, bro. Freaking RFK tweet. Did you see that? Yeah. So, well, he definitely got some more content for that new TV show, I guess. I like zinger. I like some spicy tweets. Ooh. I do like you know some spicy tweets from the intern that has no skin in the game whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send it. Yeah. Let's let's fuel some some rivalries. Driving four hundred thousand dollars race cars by an intern that tweets gotta love that i mean speaking of rivalries too what we saw it flare up again oh the one of the 11 yeah that i didn't really weekend? see it i didn't see it denny well eh. i saw the 11 chase him down in a one one time and, and they both drove it in there deep and denny denny put up. the bumper to him to make a pass and like for like he, 11th or something right yeah i mean it's just denny's like i think the mentality there is like look i'm not i don't I'm think faster he's gonna than ra- you yeah. get the f out of my way or i'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move you. I'm yeah. not gonna wreck you right now. I'm gonna move you. It's not yeah. gonna be patient with him. Like I'm ever is knocking yeah. on the door. I'm yeah. here. It's like I'm here. Get out of my way. I'm going. Yeah. Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Honk, honk. With the chrome bumper with the horn. 
Let's just talk to our winner, shall we? You want to? He's been sitting here on hold for a little while. Let's get him on the show. Christopher Bell, join a stack of pennies right after this. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. All right, guys. Like I've been hitting about all day, we are joined by the lobster winner himself, Mr. Christopher, rings the bell this weekend in New Hampshire. Thanks for joining us, Stack and Penny. Yeah, no worries, Corey. Thanks for having me on here. Man, big week, big week. Obviously, you had to feel like that 20 was in a must-win situation with that number of slots starting to get taken up by guys. How does it feel to get that 20 on the board in the playoffs? Yeah, dude, it was crazy just seeing how this year has played out. After the first couple races, Daytona crashed, California would blew up, and I'm pretty sure after California, I was P last in points. And I say pretty sure confidently because I remember looking at that. So that was not a good start for us. Uh, and then, you know, at that point, even after race three, four, five, I had rode off making the playoffs off of points. And then we started getting on a little bit of a stretch there the next few races. And our early summer string was really good. And we found ourselves climbing into the top 10 in regular season standings. And we're like, okay, we're in a good spot. And then uh, we go to Sonoma where Suarez wins and then Road America with Reddick and that cutoff line just kept creeping up and up and up. So it was definitely uh, we we're getting our hands tied pretty quick to where we were going to have to win a race. So let me tell you, it feels very good that we were able to accomplish that and get ourselves in or at least a couple more spots above the line. Well, I think you ought to be probably pretty you'd probably be feeling pretty good about your playoff berth chances, I'd say. There's some other guys like Brian Blaney and Martin Truex right now that probably are, are biting their fingernails a little bit. But I got to ask you the pressing question. What the hell is butter sauce? That's a great question. Butter sauce, the stuff that you dip your lobster in? It's just eating? melted butter. What yeah. do you people from Oklahoma think butter sauce is? Yeah. What are you going to do with the lobster? So that's a really good question because uh, – I actually didn't even know, like, I didn't know for sure if I got the lobster or, or what, you know, handed it to me to take a picture in victory lane. And then, um, they ended up taking it back, but I heard that that was just a show lobster, I think. And they're going to get me like a replica of it or something on a plaque that I'll get next year at the race. So, um, what happens to that lobster that I held in victory lane? I'm not really sure. 
Hopefully they sent him back to the ocean and he has a nice life and he got to take some cool pictures with the winner. That's a right. uh, lot of big, Hey, a lot of big news coming out this week about something that I know is near and dear to your heart. And a lot of dirt racers worldwide is the chili bowl. Three time feature winner yourself. You announced yourself and Kyle Larson not going to be going this year. What is the thought behind that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to be clear that like, I really wasn't sure where I, where I was at with the chili bowl. Um, Larson had been talking to me and, and said that, you know, he wasn't going to go for the purse. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't foresee myself going to the chili bowl this year. Um, I, I think it's time that we try and, grow the events and and obviously it's it's outside of my control it's outside of larson's control uh but yeah i mean the biggest thing is we're, we're seeing all these purse increases across dirt racing and uh sprint car racing and you know they eldora a couple weeks ago had two races back to back that paid six figures at 100 grand on wednesday night and 175 grand actually i think thursday 100 grand thursday and 175 on saturday um so it would be really good if we could get the, the purse number to match the, uh, the size and the event value. What I don't like to see is people who don't really know the ins and outs of the situation, thinking that it's the cup guys, quote unquote, the guys with the resources, not wanting to go because it doesn't pay them. Yeah. I'd so want, I want I want to hear from you is because you're trying to stick up for the guys who aren't cup racing. Thank, thank you, Corey. Like it, it, it has nothing to do with Kyle Larson and myself winning hundred grand. Like it, it has nothing to do with that. Honestly, it, it's, it's for Brad sweet for Justin Grant, for Thomas Meserol, for Brady Bacon, you know, all of those professional dirt racers that deserve to be racing for much more than what they are. You know, it's those guys that it means not, not that it doesn't mean a lot to us, but you know, we, we are fortunate that our day job is not midget racing and spring racing, but uh, yeah. So Hopefully, you know, hopefully we can see the, the event grow and, and it pay to match the size of the event. For sure. And it's definitely gotten really probably single-handedly from guys like yourself and Kyle Larson making that event over the last six, seven years into what it is, man. It's definitely a spectacle to watch in January. Back to the NASCAR side. Now you can kind of put your head on your pillow at night and rest easy for the next six weeks, knowing that you have a playoff run at hand. How do you like the 20s car chances of going deep in the playoffs? So I, I feel really good about it, man. Like at the the all the tracks that we're specifically starting the playoffs out at, but even running deeper into the playoffs, you look at Martinsville, we ran really good. Kansas, we ran really well. Um, so all the tracks in the playoffs are places that I feel really good at. And we, we've been showing a lot of pace. So I feel like we've been really close to winning a number of races, but all, all the things that it takes to win the races just haven't come together at the right time. Um, with that being said, I feel like we're gaining on getting all those pieces together and, and meshing easier. You know, my, my pit crew has done a great job the last two weeks at Atlanta. It, I felt really bad for them because they kind of got left with a, you know, a black eye with the one mistake at the end of the day, but, Aside from that, they did great. They did really well at Loudon again. Um, so 
you know, the pit crew swap up, I think has been good for the 20 group and the 23 group. And, and I feel like that's what the 20 group has been missing um, to compete for wins on a regular basis. So hopefully uh, this is a start of something good. We saw last night Toyota came out and said the talks with Kyle Busch haven't gone uh, as they'd hoped. And uh, they have some uphill climbing. I, I probably misquoted, but something along the lines of that. Has that outside noise trickled into competition meetings, to conversations within the team? Is it a bit of a distraction within the camp? Yeah, I, the answer to that is absolutely not. It, it's been extremely quiet from at least my side of JGR. And, and I think everybody inside JGR um, is expecting Kyle to come back. And it would be a total shock if he doesn't. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, me from the outside looking in, I don't have any inside information, but I would still be shocked if Kyle's not in the 18 car. Interesting. I mean, I think we all would be as well, even though I'm starting the rumor that Kyle Bush is going to the 42, but that's just no base whatsoever. I just want to get Reddit going before I let you go. I'm going to ask two questions that I ask all the guests. Number one, this is the first time you're joining us here on stack and penny. So this has been one I asked everybody, if you had to pick one, kind of car, type of car, and one racetrack to race at the rest of your life, what do you go with? Man, that is a great question. So honestly, you you bring that up, and it flashbacks to seeing, I think it was Jimmy Johnson, and I don't want to say Jeff Gordon, but anyway, they were driving the 900-horsepower cup cars at Atlanta, just full drifting through the corners. Like, I would love to get back to 900-horsepower cup cars and – yeah, I guess Atlanta's gone now, but take them to Darlington or Richmond or Dover, right? Somewhere where you're just on the verge of out of control all the time. All right. So that'd be like, oh, seven, eight old school bodies, steel bodies twisted up. So that that's first time that answers come up. So interesting choice out of you. Question number two, what's the most embarrassed you've been at the racetrack? Most embarrassed I've been at the racetrack. So. You know, I, I can't, I don't really know anything. Well, Daytona 500 last year was not a good moment for me. Whenever I made that mistake and caused the big one on lap two of 200, that wasn't ideal. Um, but you know, that was, that was just a, uh, obviously a, a mistake. Um, just dumb moments inside the race car. I, I've done this twice in my life actually. And, and I think a lot more people have done it that don't admit it. But I, it, Reddick did it actually, thinking the white flag is a checkered flag. That I've done it twice in my life, and I did it both times on dirt tracks where you don't have spotters to tell you to keep going, um, and completely ruined the race because I thought the white flag was a checkered flag. Man, knock on wood, I haven't I haven't done that. I will, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in another question, and this is unrelated. And this is specific to you. Why is it that you got like I say, you guys? Kyle Larson, yourself, Alex Bowman, a lot of you guys are, are continuing to lean into your short track, dirt track roots. What is it about racing aside from NASCAR uh, that keeps you guys like uh, maybe what does dirt racing do and translate for your Sunday stuff? Yeah. So selfishly, I think it makes me a better race car driver. I think for me to go out and race sprint cars, race <clears throat> as much as I can outside of Sunday, makes me perform better and make better decisions, be sharper behind the wheel whenever it comes time to get into the cup series. And from the big pitch, 
big picture aspect, just trying to merge dirt track racing and NASCAR racing and combine it into motorsports. It's, it's so rewarding to me whenever I go to a sprint car race and someone comes up and says, Hey, you know, I, I didn't follow NASCAR, but now that there's a sprint car guy at NASCAR, I follow. And, and same thing, like NASCAR guys go to, um, dirt tracks and, and just trying to unite motorsports so that we're just one family and not, you know, this diverse and we see it in dirt racing all the time, like late models versus sprint cars. Why, why, why can't we just all celebrate and watch racing? No doubt. Well, we're, we have something to celebrate too next year, July 1st and 2nd. We're talking about it later here in the show. Obviously the Chicago street course is something that everybody's excited about. What's your initial opinion on us going there next year? Yeah, it's uh, going to be a different venue. That's for sure. I know that it's, Nobody really knows what to expect, but we all kind of saw it coming whenever iRacing came out with the street course during the COVID protocol or whatever. Um, so it's going to be tight and uh, probably going to be a lot of beating and banging. All right. So you, you, you're pretty much in the city. You said it a little more PC than I did, um, and, and I'm along the same lines of thinking you are. It's definitely going to be interesting. And there's going to be one guy stuffed sitting in the tire bear, the guy, everybody behind him stuffing it is too, but. Hopefully you're in front of that guy. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Bell, man, congrats again. Enjoy that lobster and the butter sauce. All, you earned it, my friend. Uh, thanks for joining Stag and Penny. Thank you, dude. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it's time for the Pit Road Boats and Woes. We broke down my modified woe this weekend, but there were several woes on Pit Road in the cup race. Another wheel fell off. Seems as though we're not going to see a penalty out of that two team. Uh, I don't know. Why would you? I don't know. I'm not. The 20 did donuts on Pit Road without without a tire well the came back and they the, gave him nothing the broadcast said that last week was on the line of what would they would let go what about the two so they were speculating that because the tire rolled down so far that that might be over the line i don't know that's what broadcast said we here's the problem we won't that's the problem yeah. where there should be no line the line is the tire is on the car and it's in the box if it leaves the pit box it 
If it crosses, that should be the line. If it crosses the pit box line without a tire on it, you're out. That's you are a, out. That's the only way to do it. But I don't make those decisions, and I don't know what the the way that the rule is. This is a slippery slope. Yeah, the way the rule is written, it can go either way. So we'll see what they do this afternoon. I didn't see it, so I can't say one way or the other. But if tire comes off, you, I, I just, I don't. Here's think what's that, crazy. I don't like, I don't like this can of worms that we're de- towing in right no, now. No, but here's what's crazy. Last week, the number one team on pit road was the two team. Mm. The team that we were all talking about was the 20 car because they had a wheel fall off. Yep. This week, the 20 car in the last sequence of pit stops did the fastest pit stop of the day, mm. and they put their guy in position to win the race. And that's where we are as a sport. It's week to week, and it's not only cars that are fast or drivers that are doing good. It's also the pit crews. And each week, this week, the 45 um, comes out on top with the best average of the day. And and there's a, you know there's a lot of a lot of talk from that 2311 that they're going to be doing their own pit stops. They're going to be doing their own pit crews next year. So it's a little, probably a little bit of a hostile environment being that they get their stuff from Gibbs now. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, for them to do good and step up, that that's probably big for all those How guys. How awkward of a position does that put Denny in? Uh, oh, it's, I mean, probably a pretty, pretty awkward one. You know, being a competitor for one and owning another. But you actually, like, you also have to do what's best financially for the team that you own. Uh, and then you almost like that's why he's got Steve Laletta and he's got wheels and you know he's got people over there that are having those conversations. That's really not Denny all the time and Coach Joe hashing those deals out, right? I think that those deals are already have happened. Those conversations have already happened. Now it's like up to the guys who run the teams, pit crew departments, and all that sort of stuff to figure that out. But here's what we talked about last week that we can that we can back up, right? Chris Bell comes in with in a position to win a race. They do a fast pit stop. They knock one out. He goes out P1. They got what they wanted. Bubba's solid all day. His pit crew's solid. They keep him in the race. They're not the fastest, but they keep him in the race. No big mistakes. So both teams got what they wanted. Yeah. You know, the 20 team might have got a little bit more speed. They might be a little bit more reckless, but now they're in the playoffs. 23, you know, they're, they're having solid finishes with the P3 and, and, and to be able to, uh, you know, just stack those finishes and keep them in the race. And that's what they've been asking for all year. So both teams come out. Looking better. Who's at fault when I've always wondered this because I've never it never really gets very situational in the uh, in the instance of Harvick taking two tires, they drop the jack, and you are pulling out because you you take two tires, one because you want track position, but you also don't want to wait on anybody good in their box. The three cars pulling into their box, and the four cars pulling out of his box, taking two gets in the left rear of the three, spins about into the box. Who is to blame? According to Burton, it's Rodney Childers. Well, I don't. Well, yes and no, because everybody acts like when the crew chief's standing on top of the box and he's calling you out that they can see exactly where everybody's at. Right? You're not seeing, okay, three car, he's here. Now there's a little bit of awareness there, but he just clipped them. Yeah. At the end of the day, it might be Rodney Childers' fault or the four teams' fault because if they qualified on the pole and had pit stall one, that would be an issue. So that's the only way you can really not have an issue in and out of your box unless you, you know, but, but still at that, if. You pick pit stall one, and the guy, you know, he saw it at uh, at Charlotte with the 11 and the 22. So he, even at that, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I we're talking about. Feet. I don't know that there's anybody at fault. That is so Racing. tight down there. Yeah, and everybody wants to look at it from you know from the grandstands and say, well, you should have just said he wasn't clear. But you're racing. You know, it's Dude. it's a race. It's and a it's, time to It is like, I mean, it is split seconds. Also, like, if if you know. The four car is a foot behind, leaving his box. Like they don't cross pass, and he just goes about his merry way. So that's what uh, 
Here's what's good about man. that. The pit road speed, the jump line rules, all the all the rules that we have keep people from getting hurt when that happens now. Mm-hmm. So that that's what's good. And, um, you know, the three guys, they were just kind of standing there. The right side stopped where they were. They changed the tires and, and went on with their day and just don't make it any worse. It actually slid right into the pit box perfect. Was he f- all four tires in the box? Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was, it was a uh, – it would not have been a penalty. So, yeah, that was um, – that was interesting, but going to Pocono. We are going to Pocono. Definitely one of the most interesting strategy races of the year. Yeah. What are we anticipating? I don't really know. If you, it's it's you know, two mile racetrack. So if you are not close to the top ten, I believe it's two and a half. C- coming whatever it is over two miles. Two point five. That's a triangle too. What turn four? But when you get uh, but the the point the point being jokes. the point being, if you're not. In the top ten are going to get stage points. You'll you'll cut the stage. You'll split the stage. Or you know you'll if your delta is enough and you don't go lap down. Yes, right. Because I think it's the delta we talked about in our meeting today it's seventeen seconds. So you got to be you got to be within seventeen seconds of the leader if you do not want to go a lap down to flip the stage. And really and truly, that's only about the top twelve to fifteen. Yep. Um, so you want to be in the top fifteen if you want to have the opportunity to pit two laps before the stage, stage break, and everybody who did not come. They come down and take tires, and you flip those guys with two two lap tires. Track position is going to be uber uber important, and I'm going to tell you something. I think we're going to see some wreck cars this weekend. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I single handedly won this race for Blaney. Did you know that? I did not know that. You can, ask Eddie, you can ask Eddie Wood himself. What what'd you do? Well, we came in for a two tire stop in the first stage, like ten laps into the race, and I had a loose wheel, which forced our hand into a different strategy than everybody else. And we ended up cycling to the first lead. car on four tires. We drove up there and won the race. So hey. Good job, man. It wasn't not me. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's better than be lucky than good. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah, but it's a strong track. You know who you're racing that day for the win? Mark. Kyle Busch and uh, Dennis. Yeah, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, but mainly Martin Truex. So all four all guys. guys in must-win situation. Well, Harvick, Harvick, MTJ, and Ryan Blaney. All three of them guys are. You can say they're not in a must-win situation. But no, I'm going to disagree. Yeah, you're in a must-win situation. Yeah. You are absolutely in a must-win situation, even if you're on the top of the cut line with um, – with as if you're Ryan Blaney, because anybody can win Daytona at the, at the last race of the year if there's only 15 winners. If you can't figure out how to win in the regular season, you're wasting your time in the playoffs. Hey, you don't say that. I mean, you were on Tony well, Stewart's no, team. So I was not necessarily. <laughs> right. Not necessarily because how many playoff points does Ryan Blaney have right now? Uh, six, but not yeah. enough. But, but the like – I heard Jeremy Boland say it this weekend, and, it, and it's true. To win this championship, you're going to have to win a bunch of races. You're going to have to win multiple races, and you're going to have to win them. If you don't have enough playoff points, you're going to have to win them in the playoffs. You know where he heard that from? Me. I told him. Dude, you're so smart. So <laughs> He listened to the second page. So, yeah. But, like I said, with, with Tony in 2011, didn't win all year. Said at Michigan we were going to be clogging up a spot in the playoffs for somebody that can actually win the thing. Then goes and wins 5 out of 10 and hoists the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, but so. you're – I mean – Tony Stewart, like, are you saying Ryan Blaney sucks? I'm saying Ryan Blaney's not Tony Stewart. But I, I, I would say it. that any of those guys that are in that must-win situation have the potential to pull that off. Correct, for sure. I agree. I mean, you look at the year that Joey Logano won; it was the big three, the big three, the big three, and then yeah. Joey comes out and wins the championship. So he won the war and won the damn war, like Chuck. Mm-hmm. Should Thank wrap this up. <laughs> Maybe Joey Move can reenact that. Move on. <laughs> Well, Hamlin is the uh, active leader and wins there with six. Uh, first career win happened there at Pocono. And Doubled he, up that first year. He has a knack for that place, man. Like he does 
at Richmond like he does at Darlington. He does the same at Pocono. He's got a particular feel for it. 21 top 10s, 14 top 5s, and 6 dubs, followed closely by Kyle Busch with 4 wins. Curtis Bush with 3. Who knows? And also, like we just mentioned, Ryan Blaney's side of his first career win. Man. You know who else is one here? Who else? Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher is one Brad here Brad Keselowski. Well. You know, they throw Hail Marys on fuel mileage races here, and it's... Dude, it's, you, you never know who can make it. Uh, you know, if they get in their window and some funky stuff happens with cautions, they try to stretch it on, stretch it on fuel. Uh, I don't think that it'll be a single person dominated race. I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. It's it's crazy to me, and not crazy. It's awesome for me to think that Pocono is a wild card race. It's a road course yeah. on a trivia trivia time. Do can y'all name the three, three corners courses, or three corners? Yeah. Uh I Milwaukee, used to be able to. I can. Indy, Trenton. And yeah. Yep. That's a that's yeah. one of God, we are we are NASCAR. The Igdalski family's gonna come after me now and there. Wizards. You don't know those things. Trivia questions. I, I used to know that at one. Yeah, turn one at turn one at Trenton. Uh that's what a lot of people don't realize. That one's a tough corner, man, because you're going like you're on the straightaway literally for like a mile and you're just sitting there looking at the corner coming up at you. And you're like, ah, it's still coming up. And then you get there and you're like, Oh should have started breaking like a hundred yards before. How much are you shifting? Uh I think you're just gonna go down to fourth gear, all three corners. Uh maybe even not Maybe not so much in tunnel turn because the tunnel turn is so bumpy over the tunnel right now. I don't. I think you're gonna be way too busy. I think you're gonna want to just try to get that thing big arc pointed straight so you don't have any lateral grip. You're asking out of the tires when you hit those bumps because you're gonna have a lot of those those moments where we see the you know the big the big wiggle and then guys try to collect it. I, these these cars won't. If you slip in the tunnel turn, you're in the fence. You won here in a taxi cab. I won here in the taxi cab uh, in an ARCA series about a lifetime ago. So I always like going to Pocono. That's where I actually went met Kelly that day as well. So I remember the first time you went there, you weren't very fast. And you came in, you're like, just just give me a minute to think about this tunnel turn. Oh, dude, it's And sketchy. you back back out like, okay, I got it now. Oh, there, yeah, there's like seconds to be had through there just because it's it really just how much you want to sack up and and drive through there in the throttle because you're literally just staring at the wall because it's a 90 degree corner um and it's just like turn one at indy essentially just way like nowhere near as smooth um so you you want to be full commit through there but also when you're side by side on restarts and stuff i do think you're going to be seeing some carnage there because it's just so narrow so fast so should be interesting gonna be a wild card race like you said chuck even though people might not think it's going to be wild, it'll be nine wide going in turn one. I've always loved Pocono. It's good, man. Uh, it, it's and the fans love it too because yeah. they come out in droves. They uh, do. If it's not a sellout, I'm sure it'd be close to a sellout. Just like New Hampshire, man, people pack the place out. Party in the infield. It is a very lively infield as well. A lot of good stuff going for the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400 this Sunday, 3 p.m. on USA. But, guys, we have some breaking news that you guys, I'm sure, have seen last night that just came out. We are going to break down some Chicago street course racing. Big moves by NASCAR moving and shaking with this next-gen car. I'm excited to see it. So stay tuned right after this. Guys, we have some breaking news. It actually broke about 12 hours ago. Uh, but super pumped up to announce NASCAR is going street course racing in Chicago. 
What do we think, Chuck? The 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full take of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, and we're wearing sunglasses. What's that movie reference? Blues Brothers. I'm going to be doing that for the next year. I'm going to be quoting Blues Brothers (laughs) for the next year because there's just – the fact that we're racing on the streets in Chicago is, uh, you know, it's awesome. I tried to do a Chicago accent. I'm not – failed. I'm not overly over the mood, to be honest with you. I'm here for it. Well, it's a shitty attitude, Dad. I know it is. I, oh, I know it is. came over when they did the iRacing Invitational. This is exactly why. <laughs> Freaking terrible. It took him 45 minutes to make a lap. Yeah. He got lost. He got stuck in traffic. But then the race, you were doing good in wreck with Newman. Yeah. I think we got up to like fourth or fifth in that race, and then I stopped it. And then I just like went – I was like the destroyer for the rest of the race and just wrecked everybody that was around me. But different style of racing, ladies and gentlemen. It, a lot of blind spots, I believe – Latart and KP broke it down on backseat drivers or a lap around the spot. So yeah. it's going to be fairly similar from what I understand about the iRacing race that was televised back in COVID uh, on Fox. So definitely a big step for the sport. I think that, like I said, I'm not particularly excited about it, but I think the next-gen car is perfectly suited for a street course. I think if you look at this too, right, It's I think the event is cool. I think bringing it to that market is cool. I think for me personally – the takeaway is the innovation in and around being able to take basically the show on the road. We saw it at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. We know we can do it. Now we're doing a street course, which has been done in other disciplines of racing, but it's never been done for us before. Like, who maybe one day we'll be on the streets in New York or, right. you know. It opens a lot or, of Or, you know, any, anywhere. You know, you yeah. go back, think about cars too, right? You go race on the streets of Japan or something like that. I don't know. Don't send Chuck over there. You'll get him. Uh, what? What way is the pit road going to be? Is it backwards? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. So it is a. Well, I mean, it's right replacing Road America, so it's the same thing. Quit your. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks as though they haven't announced it yet, but it looks as though it is that July 4th weekend, July 1st and 2nd. We will be accompanied by IMSA. Uh, it will be a two day motorsports and entertainment filled weekend. I think they're going to have Kanye? Are they gonna have, they're going to have. I'd love to see ye out there. Kanye, Common, like there's a lot of good music that comes out of Chicago. There's good food in Chicago. Macaulay Culkin's going to freaking be left hey, in the hall or alone. I, uh, Any John Hughes film actor should be there. Yes. You know. I got another ice cold take. Huh? I hate Chicago deep dish pizza. Ooh, give me thin crust, bro. Hey, I, mean, I like that. Thing. I feel like I eat a loaf of bread. You ever been to Al's Wet Beef? What? Al's Wet Beef. What? It's not good. Is that what you ate this weekend? No. <laughs> it sounded like that. No. no, you know, they got the Italian beef sandwiches out there in Chicago. Who's Al? And- <laughs> yeah. He was his trench mate. Yeah. <laughs> Get your wet beef off me, Al. <laughs> Real sloppy. Real sloppy. Is that a mealworm? Sorry, Jane. No, please don't cut this. I'm sorry. Back to, back, to the, <laughs> back to the goods. The goods. Yeah, this is the first time we have done a true street course the only thing that is comparable to this in nascar cup series history is the beach and road course because we shut down a1a in 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 the cup series so we have seen winston west um race in la around the la memorial coliseum uh so the only there's only two people in the cup series currently uh chuck's cousin curtis bush and kevin harvick who raced that winston west race so they're the only two guys that have some street experience. That was a NASCAR ago. Canadian series. Did they run this weekend? They ran this weekend in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So it's street racing's not out of the no. element for us. Uh, but I also feel like back to the next gen car and its capabilities. 
we see the next-gen car be able to take a pretty good beating forward with the front bumper, with the back bumper. Uh, we saw the six and the three smashed into each other. There might have been some toe links. But generally speaking, uh, you can bump somebody. You can kind of rub where previously with the old car and the steel bodies, you rub fenders with somebody. You got to come in, flat tire. So I believe and that's what makes me excited to go to a street course more so with this car is that this car can take the beatings of a tight quartered racing street course well, and what's the surface like there i know it like looking at the iRacing racing lap you see some bumps and some spots and intersections i mean these are actual streets in in, in the city of chicago so they're worn they're, there's going to be some interesting like i think nuances to it absolutely i mean that's that's part of it right reading the asphalt and how like it's not a continuous way it's paved there's yeah. some ways it's paved this way some waves it's paved this way, there's joints, there's bridges you go over, uh, there's concrete, there's asphalt, there's new asphalt, old asphalt. Obviously, we see the IndyCar guys do it multiple times a year with their schedule. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson says street racing for him is the, the hardest thing to figure out uh, just because your margin for error is literally zero. Like, you cannot overcook a corner. You cannot chop your apex a foot because either there's tire pack there, there's a wall or a curb. He broke his wrist street yeah. racing, didn't he? Yeah, uh, Long Beach, was it? I yeah. I think so. Yeah, so um, it'll definitely reward guys who are super precise but also have, you know, a lot of confidence. I even think about guys like McDowell, I'm sure, is probably celebrating today hearing about the news of going to Chicago Street Course uh, with all of his road course and uh, prowess, but man, just a big, big move, bold move for the sport. Um, so it's cool to uh, see them just mixing it up. And I also, lo I love the fact that it's not going to be the same schedule like we saw for the last 10, 12 years with no changes. I mean, yeah. we're going to see a bunch of different opportunities, uh, you know, hearing a lot of things from the SMI camp about what they're going to do with the, with the all-star race in Texas and some other things that uh, show some potential good news coming. I mean, the full schedule is yet to be released. I mean, later this summer, hopefully we'll have an idea of what, the whole thing will look like. But, I mean, you've got Coliseum coming back. You've got this race in Chicago. You've got some cool stuff coming up next year. And it's just – it's it's refreshing. All of this stuff is refreshing to me to see all – like, I'm looking forward to seeing the scenics in mm -hmm. Chicago. Like, the layout of the course with – you know, you got the bean, then you got the lake right there. Like, it's just – it's going to be visually awesome. Who wins first race there? Joey. <laughs> Every first yeah, race yeah. is yeah. Yeah. Literally one. Not a bad. Literally the first race. Not a cold take. That is not a cold take. No. That's actually quite a wise take. Interesting stuff, man. Who won the iRacing one? Probably, Probably William Byron. Timmy Byron, Hill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Timmy Hill might be the guy to beat. Andy Lally. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so, wild, wild stuff. Um Go check that out. I'm sure NASCAR will be putting a lot of good content out around that this uh, today as well as this week uh, because of exciting times. What do we do about Chicago Lane? Does it just stay there and rot? What happens? Yeah, they park park used cars on it. Yep. All right. Well, no more slide jobs in Chicago Land. Yeah. They missed it. They missed it by like two, three years. Like yeah. Now mile and a half racing is great. Yep. Right. But. You know, there's not a thing. Man, that would be a great track for the next-gen cars. Yeah. Now, so I also think Kentucky out. would be a really great great race. But here's the thing as well. You have to get Maybe people so. in the grandstands. Yeah. yeah like Chicago. Well, it's like not, look, it's not like they're they're not demolishing these tracks. Just let them it's, weather a little bit. Go back is, a couple is, of Well, much, I do think that there's – As much movement as we've had 
I, as I soon do as, like, think Nashville came back, that should give people hope. Like I'm not leading people one way or the other, but like no, I think with I think the future NASCAR, we see these cars come or these tracks come in for one year, then off to right. You, yeah, you throw Iowa in there because NASCAR owns Iowa. Throw that in there for a year, put it on the show for a so year. So what are what are you Chicago your... back on? Take it off. Put take Kansas off. Two dates. Put a Chicago date back in there. Who knows? What are your tracks that, in your opinion, must keep two dates? I have like yeah. I have there's, like it, three. It's a very short list, my friend. Daytona, yep. Dega, yep. Bristol. Uh, I could even argue. Well, I'm Bristol. Gonna, I'm I, gonna Bristol. Bristol night race, and that's the only one I need. I don't need the Bristol dirt. They can have it, but I would love to. I could argue about that. Yes, Martinsville. I, Martinsville. I think sure. Martinsville too. That's just NASCAR. See, that's my, my. I love Darlington two dates, but I'm sure people can argue about that as well. No, I don't like Darlington two dates. I like Mine are Daytona, Talladega, and Martinsville. The only tracks I need yeah. to go to twice. I think Charlotte does good with the Roval. Well, I don't consider that the same racetrack. Yeah, it's not. Um, Variety is a spice of life. Skip. But well, like even it. even you can you can still even say five racetracks that have Daytona, Talladega, Martinsville. I mean, really, there's not a whole lot to stick out beyond that to me. Yeah, Charlotte, but obviously it's one road course, which I do like the Roval because, like, when you're watching the stands, you can like see the whole track right in front of you. It's as opposed to Road America, where you're sitting there and you watch the cars go by for a half second, and then you got to wait another minute and a half. Atlanta was great. Like, I, it's great racing, but. When you, you just oversaturate the market, when we go there twice, there wasn't many people in the grandstands last time we went. Well, right. I mean, like, like we go to Loudon when, when there's packed. some weather. Yeah, but still, we go to Loudon. But it was also weather blazing not, hot. We used to go to Loudon twice. We went this weekend. There were so many campers. It, yes. was I, it wasn't just a race. It I appreciated event. New Hampshire and the racing at New Hampshire more this weekend. And look, I'll be honest. I used to hate it. When we used to go there, I'd just assume have the weekend off and not watch it. It was good racing. Yeah. One race helped that. The next-gen car helped that. I think mm-hmm. Pocono is going to be in the same situation. Yep. Never used to get really jazzed up about Pocono. Now I'm like I'm I'm kind of craving a fuel mileage race, some strategy, some just something different to watch. Here's the other thing. Like New Hampshire, Pocono, if you go there twice, the first race might be good, but then everybody's got to figure it out the second time you go. Yeah. And yeah. even, look, Martinsville I think needs two races. The spring race at Martinsville, yes. nine times out of ten, isn't the best in terms of drama, but where it's positioned in the playoffs it's is great. like, don't touch it, leave yeah, it. It's great. Um, that was a good side combo. Yeah, I like that. Um, let's just get into some paper thoughts. Janie, what do we got? Our first question comes from Tori Fox on our social team, and he wants to know, has Corey ever reacted like Brad K. did on the track before? Uh, yeah, I've seen Red before. Um, I can't recall off the top of my head of just absolutely losing it just because I was the one that had to fix it. But, you know, I've I've spun some guys out in low division, late models or something like that. The worst is when you kept spinning that kid out the one night because you go a couple laps down and you kept needing the Toby Parisi. <laughs> you just kept spinning him out. In Motor Mom. Like my dad times. was spotting for me. He was dog cussing me nonstop the entire race. We were terrible. Me and Ryan Truex were racing for last place. Who can actually get there first? And three restarts in a row, I just like would bury it down in the corner and just got tight and kept getting in the left rear. Whoever was in front of me was the same guy, Toby Parisi, three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> he just happened to find himself off the right front of of me three times in a row. So sorry, Toby, if you're listening. I still I still think about that. But I just I think that it's so 
crucial not to like bend your car or like to inflict any self-imposed damage on yourself just whether there's aero disadvantage or bending a toe link it didn't really seem to hurt brad because he ended up finishing seventh but uh it just doesn't make sense to me to to pull the pin like that and smash into smash into somebody but hey you were ready to give it to Nacella in the modified race. I was gonna ship him so yeah. hard, even yeah, if so it, it took was coming. Him. Yeah, you're gonna see. You just it. if you there's just and Brad even said it in that in that Bob Bob Pockers' uh, video, like it the hotter it is in the car, like it is somewhat relative. And it was hot on Sunday, and your your patience on what you can take and your threshold on what you think is uh, go or no go is definitely lower than what it would be if you're like in a nice air-conditioned room for sure so definitely a factor factors into that but your perception is also like you have to take care of your equipment because you know because we're stacking pennies yeah you're yeah. stacking pennies yeah nathan grant wants to know Corey, was there anything you learned starting front row a couple times that you can apply in the future what's different about there and the mid-pack restarts yeah um you know obviously the restarts there are very super speedway-esque so you're right driving out your mirror as much as you're driving out your windshield but dragging back and picking up your help is something unique that you wouldn't do anywhere else especially loud in or a short track just because you're trying to get away as much as possible but also the amount that clean air does for you uh, we stayed out in the open all-star open and we led pretty much that whole stage and then we caught a caution there right there at the end and we lost our opportunity to race our way into the all-star race and clean air is king uh, no matter what anymore. So clean air, no matter if you're a speedway or at a short track, it's so important to have and keep. Uh, and then mid-pack restarts, man, guys drive way harder from 10th to 30th. I mean, those guys are the ones that are trying to earn, like, like actually have to – every spot is food on the plate. And people just run you way tighter. The, the give and take is way less the further you get back because – like every spot's worth that that much more. There's a lot more like gentlemanship when you're when you're racing up towards the front. That's why guys don't love the way Ross Chastain races because there's not a whole lot of give and take there. Ross is always going to take no matter what the context is. Are you pushing your car more to the limit when you're in the middle of the pack than you are at the front? Uh, you're just driving it to whatever the the tire grip is essentially available, and there's just less available in dirty air because there's less downforce pushing the car. It's so like I'm not driving any more hard running 22nd than I am when I'm running 14th. Like the amount of air that's on your car is a little bit less disturbed, so it handles better. Uh, but you're still driving it to whatever you feel is the maximum capability of the tire. Hmm. All right. And Joseph Anselowitz has a three-part question for you. If you were handed a race team that you can run in any series with the stipulation of you have to sign one driver from each series, ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup, and make it work. What series are you choosing? What four drivers from the current field would you sign? And what four historical drivers would you sign? Oh, that's a good question. It's a long one. Uh, let's just let's just say if there's no other series, I mean, besides Cup Series, like if you're going to do it, go to the big show. Um, so with that being said, what series would I choose? That'd be the cup series. What four drivers from the current field would you sign? Uh, let's not go all four, uh, current cup drivers. Um, I would sign Joey. I would sign. Cause I think it's asking you, you have to have a driver from each series. So an ARCA driver, a truck driver, an Xfinity driver, and a cup driver. Oh, okay. All right. So ARCA, um, I'd put my boy Raja in one. 
Uh, trucks, I would put um, Zane Smith. Zane Smith is definitely a hot prospect right now for for anything. Uh, Xfinity. Um, obviously, there's a lot of chatter around Noah if he's going Cup racing or not next year, um, and he's running the Cup race this weekend at Pocono. Uh, if obviously, if you can get your hands on Ty Gibbs, he seems like the most Cup ready prospect I feel like in the Xfinity series right now. What about and a then, guy like Josh Berry? I would give Josh Berry a look as well. A guy with a with a chip on his shoulder. Pick one. <laughs> uh, give me Josh Berry because Ty's already set up at Grandpa's place, and then. Current guy in the Cup Series, give me Kyle Larson. Um, it's just he's just good any, anywhere. Um, what four historical drivers would you sign? Earnhardt, Jimmy, David Pearson, and give me one outlier. Kale Yarborough, Davy Allison, Davy Allison, D- Davy Allison. Love that combination. What a dream team that would be. That's a good question. Love that. We need more like those. We do need yeah. some more like thought-provoking questions like that. So send them in. Hashtag Penny for your thoughts on Twitter. We will make sure we will get to them. And also, uh, we want to give a little bit of shout-out to Penny Stacker of the Week. And it is with condolences that we give our Penny Stacker of the Week to the lobster, who gave his life for the cause, and he will be consumed by the Bell family this week. And he will be mounted on a nice wood plaque in Chris Bell's trophy case. With butter sauce. Yep. With butter sauce. Who says butter sauce? I've never heard of butter sauce. I've thought about this why I have not had a microphone. And it's not Christopher Bell's fault. He has lived in Oklahoma most of his life. They're landlocked. They don't see a lot of lobsters there. They do have cows which make butter, but maybe he's thinking like maybe it's Let's maybe talk think, about I don't it know. real quick. It's butter, melted butter that you dip it in. If you go get yeah. butter, it's a solid. Sure. Right? You melt it. But you melt it, and then it's kind of saucy. So it's you, well, let me it's ask not you melted butter, butter sauce. Butter it sauce. is you, melted butter. If you drink water, water's melted ice. Do you call it ice sauce? No, it's <laughs> water sauce. <laughs> I'm pretty parched right now. I need to give me some water sauce. <laughs> ice sauce. I could sauce. use a big old glass of water sauce. Yes, we could. Yeah. We're going. Coffee sauce now. One last thing. Mm-hmm. Is it rumor or is it fact that Pocono was built – on a spinach patch, which spinach needs like 80% of the days a year need to have rain in mm-hmm. which to grow. Eh, probably then. I don't know. Because I, it, would, I mean, it rains. Let me ask Popeye. <laughs> it, would, it would stand to reason because Pocono is just like. There's always weather. There is. So let's cross our fingers. No weather this weekend. Also, also no, you have, a, you have some. One more rumor. You have one more rumor. That I know to be somewhat fact. And we'll get more into spare change. Yes, because spare change this week is going to be all about free agency and silly season. Because, guys, I think you hear it here first. Kyle Bush, the 42 car. This is going to be a good <laughs> test of how many people make it to the end of the actual podcast. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Bush to the 42. Kyle Bush to the 42. Why, why do not, you, why do you? Why do you think this? Maury Gallagher. Owner of GMS Racing, Legionnaires, Vegas guy. Kyle's a Vegas guy. Billionaire. He can give them equity to the team. He, he's already got his truck team. They can swap over the trucks to Chevy. Or just Kyle gets rid of the truck team altogether. I don't know. So what do you call the race team? Petty GMS Bush? KBRP GMS Racing, <laughs> Inc. LLC. KBGRPM. Yep. There you go. That's a lot. <laughs> Bush MS. You hear it here first. 
ladies and gentlemen, you hear it here first. That's actually, I made up that completely. I just wanted to get that rumor going. <laughs> and that's how rumors get started. And that's how rumors get started. Right here on Stack and Pennies, uh, there's nothing to back that up whatsoever, but I thought it would you know, get some Reddit people excited. Um, and if you want to get us excited, make sure you like, download, share, review this podcast. Give us five stars, all the good things, and we will continue uh, to sit down here and BS for an hour. Every week, we appreciate you all for Stack and Pennies with us. Stay tuned this weekend for Spare Change airing this Sunday for more Silly Season Talk right here. Thanks, guys.